You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber. Please. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. While you sleep, Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit inspiresleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. Hello, little girl. I believe my queen has been looking for you. Book four. The better to eat you with, my dear. Hello, welcome to episode 52 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, Amorous Meyer Book Club Podcast. I'm Bethany. And I'm Morgan. And today we're going to talk about chapters 35 and 36. This episode is brought to you by patron supporters. Thank you. How are you, Morgan? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm fantastic because as of like six hours ago, six or seven hours ago, I am officially done with my bachelor's degree. Yay! That's so awesome. It is awesome. And I'm on like a bit of a high right now because between that and I just got done, I showed you a little sneak peek. I just got done designing a special sticker for Patreon members. Yay! Yes, And we cannot leave out the announcement that came out today, which obviously when this episode gets released, it's going to be out in the (laughs) world for a while. But we have the new covers for Ferris or yeah, for Ferris and for um, Stars Above. And I'm losing my mind. They're beautiful. (laughs) They are. It's probably I'm, I'm kind of excited to see if she does a new one for Heartless. Can you imagine the possibilities with Heartless are endless. Oh, yeah. Especially with that artist's, like, vibe. Like, so that unique, could get, right? Yeah, that would get crazy real quick. Yeah. But remember, we're spoiler-free, so no spoilers. Go read Heartless. And uh, Well, I just, mean, <laughs> I just mean, like, Wonderland in general. Like, all of yeah. the visuals that you can pull from that. You had an idea for a new Patreon perk that I've been working on, which is to make a playlist for each book using Spotify, which is one of the locations you can find the podcast at. And I'm very excited. I'm going to do that. I have two weeks away from school before I start grad school. Well, a little over two weeks, 17 days. And (laughs) I'm going to use that time to work ahead on the podcast and drum roll, please. I'm going to try and start merchandise. Yay, that's going to be so awesome. Like, I cannot wait to see what you come up with. I get a lot of people that ask about merchandise, and I haven't. It's just, I take on a lot of responsibilities. Yeah. <laughs> and um, merchandise is just another responsibility. And it's the same with the Patreon. It's like, I want to do it, but I, I want to do it if, if people want me to do it. You know, yeah. if nobody's going to, if nobody's going to enjoy it or 
do it with me and participate, then I'm not sure that it would do anything except make me sad that nobody wants to do it. So, <laughs> but yeah. luckily there was a lot of people that I, I put a poll up on the podcast Instagram page and there was a lot of people that said they'd be down for it. So I'm looking into it right now. I've been interviewing companies online and trying to find the best one I want to work with. And yeah, t-shirts, mugs, water bottles, which I'm super excited about. I love me some water bottles. Oh yeah, People have been asking about those little thingies you put on your phone. I don't have one. The little pop thing. Um, yeah, so I have, it's called a pop socket. And um, so those are the ones that are like the accordion where they like pop out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one that I actually have, I really like. And I'm showing Bethany on the camera so you guys can't see. But mine has this little like strap that you put your hand in. Mm-hmm. And so it, um, I really like this one and I can actually send you some cause I have like a drawer full of them. Um, I think I'd rather, see what they like. I've never liked the idea of the pop ones cause then it's like, well, pockets and laying it down flat and stuff like that. But I like yours because it would be a lot flatter. So yeah. 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 No, I will, I will ship you one so you can see Ooh, what they like. Uh, I yes. special. I love getting stuff like that. So yeah, oh, yes. keep an and eye you... on keep an eye on Instagram and Facebook and the website because I will make an announcement and I'm really excited about it. And join Patreon to get a sneak peek at some of what the merchandise is going to be because if you join during the month of May, hint hint wink wink this month, uh, you'll get a free sticker in the mail for being a Patreon member. Yes, plus yes. all the other cool bonuses. Oh yes, of course and. I mean, you work so hard with the Patreon and even with everything like you have going on, like definitely if you guys have been thinking about joining it, it's definitely worth it. And like the amount of stuff that like when we have, if we have a bigger, like if we have the bigger Patreon, the amount of like stuff that we can do and like, there's just so many opportunities that come with that. And I, I hope you guys would all enjoy that. Thank you. I hope so too. We did a, our first Patreon Zoom meeting was last weekend, and I thought it was a lot of fun. I was really excited about how many people were actually able to join because, you know, it's people are all over the world and have different mm-hmm. um, schedules and stuff. I even had a Patreon member who came from Canada and joined, and that was really exciting. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm definitely going to do the Zoom meetings once a month because it's a way for all of us to meet and chat and talk together, and that was a lot of fun for me. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like I have friends. <laughs> you do have friends, silly. And it's we just, talked about... You, can't, you just can't see them. <laughs> well, I can see you. I just can't, like, be in with in, a, in an area yes. with you. Fair, um, fair. We talked about all the bonus episodes we might do for Patreon, too. Yes. Well, do this... we want to talk about those now, or do we want to keep those under wraps for now? Let people find out later. Well, it might be an incentive to join Patreon, right? That's true. So one of them we talked about doing was a bloopers, which I'm excited about because there's so many of those. And another we talked. (laughs) There's going to be so many. (laughs) And a lot of me going blah, blah, blah. Anyways, (laughs) because that's what I do when I mess up a line and then I just cut it out later. Yeah. Um, Another one we talked about doing was fan casting. Yes which I think I'm going to do for each individual book because otherwise it's going to be 
crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like the top, you know, characters from each book, you know, yeah. like with Cinder, we would have obviously Cinder, Kai, and Aiko, but we could also do Audrey, Pearl, Peony, Torin, Sybil, Lavana, uh, honorable, honorable mentions. <laughs> like Chang yeah. Sasha? Yeah. Well, no, like, um, or Fatine. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, just the, just the main ones. And then I feel like, I don't know. We can see, we can see how that, how it goes with the <laughs> others besides, besides like the main three. Yeah. Well, and then of course, Lavana. Well, with Ico, it would just be like, who do we want to voice actor? That's uh, sure. Yeah, if you join the Patreon, you'll get to be a part of all those bonus episodes, and you'll get to help decide what I do for a bonus episode, which is fun. And patrons got a sneak peek at all the fan art I've been looking at, which is a new perk that I think is cool. What else do they get? They get notes, Easter eggs, spoiler zone. Spoiler zone, uh, the special bonus episodes. Um, Welcome package. Yes, the welcome package. Which you also get for each book. So the Scarlet one will be coming out when we finish Scarlet. Certificate. Special membership certificate. You just go over and above, lady. I try to make it fun. I want that dollar to be worth it. (laughs) So yeah, join. And I also made it so that the first fiscal month is free. So you can try it out at least. Mm Mm-hmm. Which That's really cool. nice of you. Thanks. I do my best. <laughs> so let's talk about Fan Art Friday. Yes. I love today's fan art. It's from May 22nd. It's by Moth the Rocks on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think it looks like a movie poster. It really does. Like her, like Cinder in that pose and the moon behind her and the logo. Like it, that is just like totally movie poster. Yeah, absolutely. I and I love the the determining look on her face. Mm-hmm. And how she's wielding a giant wrench. wrench. <laughs> yes. So slender. So yeah. I love it. So thank you, Month the Rocks on Instagram for sharing with us. Last week, wonderful patrons voted on chapter titles for 33 and 34. The title for 33 is Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. And the title Mm -hmm. for 34 is Wait For It from Hamilton the Musical. I love Hamilton. Have not seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it either, but you can listen to it. Like, if you listen to the album. here's my thing. (laughs) I don't like to do that. I want to see the musical before I listen to the music. Well, I know. But what I'm saying is, is, like, the entire thing is song. So there's no like intermissions. There's nothing that you that you miss by not seeing it. There's no part of the story that is so missed. So it's an opera, not a musical. I guess. Yeah. So you get every every single scene. There is no there is no just talking. Every single the the album is like two hours. So yeah, you you're listening to it from start to finish. Maybe I'll look into it then. I heard the original cast is going to come back to do a movie. Ooh, that would be exciting. Yeah, which would be, like, phenomenal because I'm addicted to all of their voices. 
I I sometimes have issues with movie musicals because, for example, Rent. I thought the cast was amazing, and I thought the movie was amazing, but it was a movie. Yeah. It's very different from a play. Yeah. And when they did the Rent Live with, you know, Vanessa Hudgens and all that, who, by the way, killed it, mm-hmm. I was so happy because it was back to the original Rent, where it's just a stage with, like, rafters and a couple of props, because that's what Rent was. It was an underground, you know, independent we have a small stage and a small budget type of musical and they did Mm -hmm. what they could with what they had and it was usually on a rotating stage with nothing but rafters and you know a couple of props here and there to make the scene and set the stage for where they were and that was it Mm -hmm. and I have friends who saw the movie and so when they went to watch the live they were all excited and then they were like why is everybody just walking around rafters and then there's a table and we're supposed to believe that they're in a restaurant and I was like oh, you've only seen the movie. And they're like, I know what a play is. It's like, I know you know what a play is, but you've only seen the movie. Yeah. Because this is Rent at its finest. Yeah. This is what made Rent the sensation that it was. It was so much more about the story that they were telling than the setting that they were in and, like, everything that was going on in the background. And they were very unhappy with me, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I mean, a movie is fine. <laughs> a movie is completely different. Like they have to, like, make it for film. So mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Lot it's more... the same as a book. It doesn't always it doesn't always translate. Right, and they get a lot more opportunity with films. Yeah, with with a play, you have you're in a finite amount of space. With a movie, I mean, you can have as much set production as you want within budget. Yeah. So, of course, you can have a different setting for the engagement party and the apartment and the restaurant scene and her show and all that other stuff. But I just loved the live version. I will say the one thing I didn't like about the live version. Welcome back to a rent podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the one thing I did not like about the live version, uh, and it's pretty obvious, is that it wasn't the real live version. It was the dress rehearsal because during the dress rehearsal, which thankfully they filmed it, but during the dress rehearsal, the main actor, he like broke his ankle. And so he couldn't end up doing the live performance. He was in this huge cast. And so you could tell that the actors were really phoning in their vocals and saving it for the next show. Which is why I think Vanessa Hudgens stood out so much because she clearly did not rein it in. Like nobody uh-huh. told that girl it was a dress rehearsal. Go, yeah, go look up a clip of her singing "Over the Moon" uh, okay. because she holds a note for almost an entire forty-five seconds. It's insane. Oh, um, wow. But I think that's probably why she stood out so much because you could tell she wasn't reining in her vocals and saving them for the next night. She was just like out there having fun. And everybody uh-huh. else, it was like, yeah, they're good singers, but you can tell they're not really going for those notes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is understandable when you're about to do it live. You know, yeah. I understand not wanting to blow it all the night before and then wake up with a sore throat. Yeah, no, definitely. That makes sense. It does. So now that we're done with Rent Podcast... <laughs> do you have anything to talk about before we dive on in i cut my hair you did cut your hair i cut my hair right before starting right before we started the podcast so 
all I got. I need, I, I probably need to go outside. Like, I think that's, I think that's where we are. <laughs> I need, I, well, I just want to celebrate and I feel slighted that I don't get to, which is really selfish of me that, you know, there's a virus killing the world and I'm just like, man, I really wanted to celebrate my graduation, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go outside. But the fact, but the fact, the fact that you're not going out means you're doing the right thing. Yeah. You're doing, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. This comes out a week after the one-year podcast anniversary, so I hope everybody liked the bonus episode. Oh, yeah. Was that, that was cool. That was a lot of work because mm-hmm. I, did, I, I make my life so hard. I guested on a podcast. I recorded a bonus episode for the Patreon and I did an extra bonus episode for just everybody all during finals week. And then it was also the week we decided to reopen the shop, which we also decided was a good opportunity to rearrange the shop. So I ended up working like 40 some hours in one week. That mm-hmm. was the same week I recorded four episodes and uh, had finals. <laughs> what What is sleep? Oh, uh, I tell you, and last night I um, was supposed to work today. My boss let me stay home because last night I popped a filling out when I was flossing. Mm. Came right out. So she let me stay home today. And since she let me stay home, I was like, all right, well, I'm taking some z And who I slept great, y'all. <laughs> oh, I bet. I did not even hear my husband come to bed. I didn't hear him go to work the next day. Like, I was out. It was great. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but tomorrow I'm back to waking up at five, so. Oh, fun. Well, I have to, I'm back to running, and it is just too hot down here to wait till later in the day, even if I want to sleep in. Like, I'd be better off waking up super early, going for a run, and then coming back and sleeping for two hours than trying to run later in the day. <laughs> fair. Yeah. That's fair. Lots so, of water. Just drink lots of water. Yeah. <laughs> So, chapter 35. Yes. These were some good chapters. Yes. It's the start of book four. Mm-hmm. Book four, The Better to Eat You With, My Dear, which has whole new meaning to it because Rayan was calling Scarlet dear during the interrogation, so that was really... Yeah. Means different things now. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we've already had, like... Like, we've seen him as the big bad wolf dressed as grandma. So, yeah. like, with the whole, the his eyes getting bigger and all that. He is creepy. Which is the point, right? So. Yeah. So, last week we left off with Wolf visiting Scarlet in her cell and slipping her an ID chip during a kissy moment. Yeah. And we start this chapter. We're back with Cinder and Thorn. We last saw them visiting the Benoit farm and... Mm-hmm. Seeing Cinder's childhood home creepily. And mm-hmm. it turns out they Cinder used her gift on Emily to make her go night night when they left. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're in a pod ship. They're on their way to Ryu for power cell. Mm-hmm. Thorne is piloting and Cinder's just so happy they haven't crashed and died. <laughs> and I like that Thorne is like super supportive and he's like, nah, it's cool. She's going to, it's okay if you use your gift on her. She's going to wake up like super rested and stuff. Like he's, 
He's, yeah, he's so chill. Yeah, he always he always tries to uh, lighten the mood, even if mm-hmm. it's not not the best timing. Um, <laughs> it's never the best timing, right? Yeah, but he tries so hard. But Cinder wasn't even thinking about using her gift. No, but then now she's she's saying that she doesn't want she doesn't want to use her gift. But well, she says that um, it felt. It felt easy. It was easy to use the gift, and that's why it was so scary for her. The ease of it yeah. frightened her more than the lack of guilt. Yeah. And she feels like if it's that easy for her after just getting familiar with her gift, how is she ever going to compete with Thaumaturges and Lavana herself? Mm-hmm. Understandable. Yeah. No, it's... she's starting. She's starting to have that, like, struggle with herself of I don't want to do this but she doesn't want it to become like a second nature thing right she also needs to protect herself yeah it's understandable why that would be such a difficult bridge for her to cross because it's also not something she ever thought she would have to deal with Mm -hmm. as if that poor girl doesn't have enough going on yeah so while she's fixing her hair she starts to think about her reflection and she wonders what her glamour looks like Because she doesn't get to know that. And she thinks, well, Thorne was impressed with the glamour. And Kai was impressed with the glamour. And then she remembers the last thing Kai said to her. You're You're even even more painful to look at than she is. Oh, which is like one of the most gut-wrenching quotes from the whole series. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. If you were to ask me off top of my head what was the most painful to read, it might have been that. But I'm sure there's some stuff later on that would also get me in the feels. But that was hard that early into a series to read something that devastating. Yeah. 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 They almost crash when they land, which I love because Thorne is like, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was windy. There was a gust of wind. Yeah, sure there was. He's so funny. I love it. Yes. He's very deserving of it. his title of captain. Right? <laughs> He's just trying to keep her so positive. I love when it says that he nudges her in the chin. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, buck up, buttercup. Come on. Yeah. And then famous last words. Oh, come on. It could be worse. You never yeah. say that out loud, sweetie. You never say that out loud. Yeah. And if anyone is at all familiar with Marissa and her writing, that is just like a big O sign billboard that uh, <laughs> red flag red flag red flag yeah it's probably about to go down yeah i do love sanders response to everything with him though she's like we found a ransacked house and were identified by the first civilian who spotted us thorn is like let's stay positive and cinder's like yeah but reality is where i'm at yes still have to have that levity otherwise Cinder has a lot more at stake than Thorne does. Like, Thorne, yes, he's a criminal. He's going to get in trouble. Cinder's literally going to be executed. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen to Thorne, but nobody has said anything about execution. <laughs> I'm guessing he's probably just going to get back in prison. Mm-hmm. More than likely. I mean, not only does he have the warrants out for him, but just... I'm sure he's liable to do something else to add another one on top. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they could just look in another country and see. <laughs> yep. <laughs> see if they need, if anybody else is looking for him. Thorne also says 
at least we have each other. And he holds out his arms like he's going to give her a hug. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I can just imagine the look on her face. Like, that's not happening. Well, and then one of my favorite parts happens is he, like, the nose of the ship jerks a little and he almost hits a bunch of pigeons and she laughs. Mm-hmm. And she laughs. Not a laugh like, huh, Thorne's being stupid, let me laugh at his expense, you know. But, like, an yeah. actual laugh. Like, something funny happened, and she laughed. And that might be a first since Peony died. Honestly, you're probably right. Since Peony died, and she hasn't had Ico in so long, and there's been no levity for her at all. So. Other, than, other than, like, sarcastic laughing, you know, when Thorne is like, I'm a cr- criminal mastermind, and she's like, uh, okay. Like, this mm-hmm. might be her first genuine laugh. And I'm sure listeners will be happy to correct me if I'm wrong. But it, it it definitely felt like that for me reading this. I was like, oh, Cinder laughed. Yeah. Like I felt I felt that in my heart a little bit. Yeah. And there's always there's always that difference when like you can tell when they're legitimately like not necessarily that that she's happy, but like there's just that difference in it's something that's legitimately funny and she can just be herself and laugh at it. Yes. For that split second. Which I thought he almost kills them. <laughs> yeah. Which also made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's getting nervous. She says, people are going to see us. And Thorne just, he cracks me up because this is how I would be, I think. I'm so spastic. So. She's getting nervous. People are going to see them. And Thorne says, well, you can just use your glamour to hide us. Or, wait, you could make us invisible. Can you make us invisible? Because <laughs> that would be great. That would come in handy. Well, he is a criminal mastermind. So I'm sure they're planning. I'm sure his mind is going a mile a minute thinking all of the things he could steal and all of the cons he could play if he could be invisible. Oh, yes. Well, and then he would try to push it beyond, like, just have her, like, make him invisible permanently. Or, like, he, he'd try to come up with something like that. And so on, that's not how it works. Right. But it's not how it works. And she no. also is worried about trying to glamour that many people. She tells him that she doesn't like doing it because it makes her feel evil. She knew if her internal lie detector could see her, it would have recognized a lie. It felt all too right. And maybe that's what felt so horrendously wrong about it. Yeah. And I love I love that the next line is blue eyes twinkling. <laughs> Even just the dialogue about him is like trying to bring us back to happiness. Yeah. And that's like, that's just so much his character is that lightheartedness and the like bringing that comedy to it when it, a lot of the things, like, had he not been there, all of these scenes would be playing out a whole lot differently, I feel like. And I think also it would be even harder on Cinder, whether she realizes it or not, having someone who is, you know, as lighthearted and takes things yeah. not as seriously as she does kind of helps balance her out, as we see much later in the next chapter. Yeah. Um, I like that his response is, that it's okay to do it as long as you're doing it to help people. And more importantly, really to help. help me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you can see, you can see where his priorities lie. 
Yes. And then she goes, yeah, that was a great pep talk. <laughs> so they walk into this shop and she feels somewhat better already just walking in because the scent of home. Yeah. Mechanics, machinery. This is where she belonged. I have a scent of home. I talked about it a couple episodes ago. I grew up in a farm town. And so the smell of soybeans and sweet corn will Mm -hmm. always be home to me. And my husband and I always joke when we drive home that we can always tell when we're getting close because you can smell the soybean factories. Yeah, that's right. I'm a Midwest girl. (laughs) And you can, (laughs) if you smell factories, you know you're close to those farm towns. Gotcha. Yeah, unfortunately, where I'm from, the uh, scent of home is dirt and cows, mm. so not as not as pal- palatable. Oh, you've never smelled soybean factories before, have you? Probably not. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. It's just what I associate with home because I grew up with it. Yeah. <laughs> so the shop is huge. There's everything from Android parts to tractor supplies. And she yes. describes she disguises them as the first things that come into her head: dirty, grungy farm hands. But it's not necessary because the clerk is just like chilling on his port playing games. Yep. So they're in the shop. The guy hasn't, or the guy at the desk doesn't care. But mm-hmm. there's also another guy in the shop, and he's kind of creepy mm-hmm. and big and muscular, and just give like. Reading that, like, his description just gave me the heebie-jeebies, like, mm. Yeah. Where is his description? Let's go ahead and read it. The only other customer in the store. His attention was focused. Oh, sorry. I'm on page 347. Yeah. His attention was focused on picking at his nails instead of browsing the shelves. And when he met Cinder's gaze, it was with a taunting smirk. Shoving her metal hand into her pocket, Cinder found the vibrations of his thoughts in the air and twisted them away. You are not interested in us. But his smile only widened, sending a chill down her back. Uh-huh. It just get like, yeah, so creepy. So it's creepy. And I mean, out that her glamour doesn't work. Like, it really freaks me out that her glamour doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and but then they quickly grab the power cell and they rush off. And Thorin does my favorite part of the whole chapter. <laughs> Thor- OK, here's my the thing. watch. No, where he's like, he's like, ooh, that guy scared me. I know it seems like a simple throwaway, but here's my thing. Our world is filled with toxic masculinity. And Thorne, you would think that Thorne is the type of guy to shake things off and pretend that nothing scares him to put mm-hmm. up a big front. And instead, he's like, dude, that guy was creepy as f-. let's get out of here. He was so scared. Like, he literally says, that guy scared me. Well, and I mean, Thorne is obsessed with be- with soap. Like... He has, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things about him that probably most normal guys will not, you know what I mean? Like most guys wouldn't be the way that he is with a lot of things. My husband is, that boy will take a shower three times a day if he feels dirty. Uh, I mean, there are those ones, yeah. (laughs) But I just really liked that. You know, like I said, there's a lot of toxic masculinity in the world. I think it's very easy to assume that Thorne is the type of guy to put up a front, put on a brave face, pretend that nothing scares him. You know, I got this little lady kind of thing. And instead, he's like, dude, that guy was scary. Let's get out of here. I'm not dealing with this. I just like that he didn't feel the need to behave that way. I think that 
you would assume Thorne is that type of character, and then he surprises you. He's like, no, I'm scared too. We're leaving. We're leaving right now. Yeah. Cinder tells him to start the pod so they can have a quick getaway, and the clerk asks to scan her. Scan her ID. But they don't have an ID chip. They don't. So um, they had to cut theirs out. So now it's, oh, crap. Like, they're they're so ingrained with having their ID chips that it's, they don't know, like, they don't carry around paper money or they don't do anything like that so and I mean we, we've we gotten there almost with like people paying with everything with their smart watches or with their their phones or whatever yeah that's true the best parts of this chapter that I think happens is when Thorin holds up the watch and he's mm-hmm. like will this cover it which is the watch he stole from Alec and the guy's like it's not a pawn shop thank yeah. you because I can't tell you how many movies or TV shows I see where someone walks up and they don't have any money or currency and they're just like, this is real gold. Will it cover it? No. <laughs> That's yeah, not how this need... works. What, I'm supposed yeah. to take what you give me to a pawn shop and cash it in for money? That's not the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I like that at least Marissa was like, yeah, no, that's not a thing. Let's put this, let's nip it in the butt. Yeah. So thank you for keeping it real. And now we get to be absolutely terrified. So... She glamours him into taking the watch. Well, actually, I was going to read this real quick before that happens. Cinder glared at Thorne, but then spotted the strange man plodding out the aisle near the back of the shop. Strolling toward them, he whistled a chirpy tune, then pulled a pair of thick work gloves out of one pocket and made a big show of pulling one on his left hand. We can't not talk about that. Where am I? I think I'm lost. That's page 348. Gotcha. That's Uh, why I was confused. Because I feel like we can't ignore that. I think it's pretty obvious him putting the glove on his hand on his left hand, making such a big deal about it is like, your glamour doesn't work. I know exactly who you are. You think? Pulled a pair of thick work gloves out of one pocket and made a big show of pulling one onto his left hand. Oh, I never thought of that. I mean, it's got to be, right? Why Why else would he make such a big show of only putting a glove on his left hand? Because you take your time. Okay, I'm going to put it on one. And now that I've got it on this one, now I'm putting it on the other. But he's taking his time. Like, that's how I read it. But she doesn't say, like, he slowly put it on. She said, made a big show of pulling one onto his left hand. I don't know. I felt like that was a clue. I felt like that was him saying, I know who you are. Yeah, no, I mean, it. it does sound like that. I'm just, I was saying, like, how I had always read it. Like, I have never thought of it that way. Well, see, that's what's fun about the podcast. Yeah. You, got, you read it so closely, you notice things more. Crazy. Yeah. This is when she glamours the clerk. She says, take it, we're leaving. They mm-hmm. leave. Cinder says to Thorne, no more stealing. And Thorne goes, hey, that watch saved us in there. No, I saved us in there, and in case you already forgot, that is exactly the kind of mental trick that I don't want to pull on people. Well, how else were they going to... At least they actually left something for it instead of just, like, booking without it. <laughs> That's true. They did something. It's like uh, it's like in Harry Potter when Hermione's like, it's not stealing, right, if I left money in the, ch- in the chicken coop before I took the eggs? Iko calms them right when they're leaving. We've been yes. detected, police. We'll keep them out as long as possible. Yep. Well, 
So they say, all right, well, let's get out of here. They run. They see two cops are checking out their ship, so they have to get out of there. And Thorne mm-hmm. says, all right, let's duck into this tavern. Yeah, which... Little does he know this probably, is a tavern that's been obsessed with watching the clip of Cinder fall down on her ass. Yeah. <laughs> but it is. Yes. <laughs> She's worried because she doesn't think she can glamour that many people. But before she can argue, a green yeah. Eastern Commonwealth military pod pulls up outside the tavern. Yikes. Got real. Real quick. So the tavern goes completely silent when they walk in. And she goes, stars, I need to find a new pair of gloves, which I love. I love when they say stars and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Thorne says, okay, use your brainwave witchery trickety thing. We belong here. We're not suspicious. You don't recognize us. (laughs) She forced herself to believe it. And they do. Mm -hmm. Nobody, I mean, everybody goes back to business as usual, except scanning the crowd she saw that only one set of eyes was still on her, vibrant blue and filled with laughter. He was a muscular man sitting at a table near the back, a smile playing on his mouth. When Cinder's gaze held his, he sat back and lifted his attention to the screens. So that's two people now that are like, mm, you mm. can't glamour me. Yeah. Creepy. Those guys just like... Him and the other guy just really creeped me out. And, like, I'm sure Cinder is really creeped out. I mean, if it even creeps out Thorn, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And this is why I carry Mace in my purse and why my husband, even though he's a big man, capable, perfectly capable and well-trained and taking care of himself, carries Mace. Because you never know who you're messing with. Yeah. So they sit in a booth and three red uniformed police officers enter. Cinder readies her little tranquilizer finger from Dr. Erland, which you couldn't do if you were wearing gloves. So maybe True. it's not a bad thing that you don't have them. She faces the officer by the booth and thinks innocence, normal, indistinguishable from anyone else. Mm-hmm. So she asks him, is there a problem, Monsieur? Sickened to hear her own voice come out as Sacreen Sweet as she'd once heard from Queen Lavana. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. With with that part, like, she, like, worries herself mm-hmm. that she's getting closer and closer to being Lavana. Like, what am I becoming? Yeah. What's happening to me? What am I turning into? Yeah, she doesn't want to relate any of herself to being related to Lavana. No. So there's two there's two male officers and one female officer. And she starts to overheat a little bit. She's starting to panic. The officer is having trouble even talking because she keeps glamoring him while he's talking to her. And he's just and trying then, to read his port with what it says on his port. Right. But her glamour is starting to falter on everybody. Mm-hmm. She tries again. I am invisible. I am unimportant. You do not recognize me. Please don't recognize me. And then he starts tumbling. We're looking for someone. We're looking for a girl. A teenager from the Eastern Commonwealth. You wouldn't happen to the Lynn. Cinder raised her eyebrows, feigning ignorance. Peony? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my gosh. And that's the reason we're doing two chapters this episode, (laughs) y'all. Yes. Some chapters need to be by themselves because they take a long time to talk about. And some chapters you cannot. I'm not stopping just because we're at the end of a chapter. 
Yeah, no. Definitely can't just leave it there. I mean, that's a huge, a huge piece. Yeah, so. So you, do you want to talk about your song choice since you had to switch it up? Yes. So originally, I was going to go with Bad Liar from Imagine Dragons, but we've already done that one. So instead, we were doing Liar from uh, Selena Gomez. Mm-hmm. So same same theme with the being a liar. Um, but this is like on Cinder that Cinder is having to lie. Um, and she's it's getting easier for her to do the lying. Yes. And what I was telling you is that in the music video, Selena is dressed up as multiple different characters. So I also thought that was good because Cinder's trying to disguise herself and, and Thorn. Yeah. So mine was Famous Last Words by My Chemical Romance. Oh my God. <laughs> because Thorn saying, come on, it could be worse. Yes. Oh, Thorny boy. You just you just made it worse, I'm sure. Yes. Well, you don't want to put that into the universe, do you? So, no. And that leads us into your quote. Yes, which my quote was, uh, "It can't get any worse." It was, is oh, it exactly. Come on. Oh, oh, come on! It could be worse because they're famous. Yes, because we're famous. So mine, I kind of. I kind of chopped up a couple of quotes and put them together. (laughs) Mine is from page 345 and 346. Blue eyes twinkling. He had the swagger of a man who belonged there, who belonged anywhere he wished to. I just love Thorne. He's so great. It's so so nice to have a character that's like not stressing out because these are some stressful books. And it's nice to have one person that's not like melodramatic about everything. Yeah. Like, Aiko is fun, but even she's melodramatic. Like, oh, my fan is overheating because of Prince Kai. Like, as much as I love Aiko, we can't pretend she's not dramatic. <laughs> yeah. But this also, this also, like, ex- goes into him being, like, the um, criminal mastermind that he is. Yes. Is that he can, like, who belonged anywhere he wished to. Like, he owns he the room. Can, yeah. He can fit himself into any situation, work it any way that he wants to. So, and sometimes, sometimes you need that. Some like that's what Cinder needs. Like she needs that, uh, not that charisma, but she needs that confidence. But that, it, I mean, part of it is charisma. Part of it's confidence. I mean, this is like what what con men are are made of. This yeah. is what makes a good con man. Is that they have the confidence to show anyone who they really are just by making, if they believe it, then they're going to make the other person believe it, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. So let's start chapter 36. Do you want to go ahead and just read that whole paragraph since you liked it so much, that first paragraph there? Yes. So we left off of 35 with um, the guy saying Peony's name. So the 36 starts off. Cinder's smile froze to her face. Peony's name was like a stone on her chest, pressing the air out of her lungs as memories fell across her vision. Peony scared and alone in the quarantines. 
Peony dying with the antidote still in Cinder's hand. Like, ugh. The imagery there and just, like, the emotion and, like, so much wrapped up into just that word of, like, peony. Like, what it it crushes her almost. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, it's Mar- just so sad. Marissa Meyer at her finest, kid- cutting us deep with emotion and imagery all in one sentence. Mm-hmm. Or one paragraph. Yeah. And then even further, the pain was instant. Fire ripping through her muscles. Cinder cried out and gripped the table, nearly falling out of the booth. And right when she does that, the officer yells, it's her. Yeah. Now, at this point, is her chip still bothering her? Is that where the fire is coming from? The fire is completely um, disactivated. The chip has been deactivated. The fire which Dr. Erland explained in Cinder, in the book Cinder, that she would get used to is when she uses her gift, it starts at the neck and trickles down, which is why when she was using the gift on the the Rampion, Mm -hmm. her whole body was warm. Oh, okay. And then the warmth leaves her and she feels cold. It's because her body is, her cyborg parts especially, overheat when she's using the gift too much too long and it gets overwhelming and stuff which is why later in the chapter she has to like calm herself down gotcha okay she's gotten better at it so far yes she has gotten better the table is shoved toward her thorn jumps up on top of it the taste of salt fills her mouth for some reason Mm -hmm. lynn cinder we are taking you into custody Red text flashes across her retina. Internal temp above recommended control temp. If cool down procedure does not engage, automatic shutdown will occur in one minute. That can't be helpful. No, I feel like that's not helpful. Slowly (laughs) place your hands on top of your head. Do not make any sudden movements. Yeah, so she's trying to get, she's trying to get past the fog of her vision. Like she's trying to like right herself and now she's got a gun pointed at her forehead and while all of this is going on thorn is like in the background punching people yeah fighting off, fighting off the officers um fighting off a young guy with a port mm-hmm. i don't know how well he's doing but he's back there yeah. fighting and trying yeah. um i just i just picture him like flailing <laughs> like i don't i don't know about no, you. i think i think he's like not good but not bad I think yeah. that it's obvious he somewhat knows how to fight, but it's not like watching Wolf. Oh, definitely. You definitely know, it's not. If any, if anything, you watch him and you're like, oh, he's not bad. He's not good against anybody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. You know, like I'm sure he could throw a good punch and a good kick here and there, but mm-hmm. against someone like Wolf or one of the people Wolf was fighting, nah. So she's lost the glamour now. She's trying and... to calm. She's trying to calm herself. Yeah. And then the woman officer is telling her to um, put the hands on top of her head. Otherwise, they've been authorized to shoot and to kill if necessary. Yep. And she forgot that her fingertip was open with the dart that she had ready. Now her fingertip is open, probably showing the dart. That can't be too much better then, for the officers. And then Thorne gets a gut punch when she's leaving the booth and he gets handcuffed. Mm-hmm. And she tries to use her gift. You don't want to do that. You want to let us go. The officer paused and stared at her with hollow eyes. You want to let us go. 
We want to let you... A guttural cry ricocheted across the tavern. Beyond the officer, the man with the blue eyes moved to stand, but then collapsed over his table. The table leg snapped from the weight and he crashed to the floor. The other customers pulled away from him, everyone's attention diverted. Cinder glanced at Thorne, who was watching the spectacle with his hands locked behind his back. The stranger snarled. He was crouching down on all fours, saliva dripping from his mouth. Beneath dark eyebrows, his eyes had taken on an eerie luminescence and a crazed, bloodthirsty expression that twisted Cinder's stomach. He curled his fingers, pulling his nails across the hard floor and peered up at the terrified faces surrounding him. A growl rolled up from his throat and his lips curled, revealing teeth that came to a fine point, more canine than human. Well, doesn't that just sound familiar? Yep. So whatever Wolf is, apparently these guys are as well. So... And I know that it was just in the last chapter, but this is kind of an A-cash. There's another one of them. He's also somewhat immune to her charm or her yes. glamour. And he also seems to be laying in wait for her. Yes. So, and now, I don't know if it would necessarily be an egg catch, but I've always wondered if one of the two of them are the one who killed her dad because they're in Ryu at the time. They specified um, who did it. Uh, they they ever, did. They said a name, but we don't ever know who he actually is. We'll have to look, we'll have to go back and look it up. But I've always just kind of wondered that, like when um, after her phone went off saying that her dad's dead, and then somebody's like, "Oh, such and such mission has been complete." Beta Wynn's task was to kill your father in a manner that would not yes, raise page, suspicions. Two eighty one. Yes, page two eighty one. Okay, so it was Beta Win. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so I would say most likely it is because how many of them are there? Yeah, and we don't know. Just, like we don't I know how many it, of them there are. I just I feel like I feel like they were waiting for her, being at the part store, being at the tavern. Like they were in places they thought she'd go. Yeah. Again, well. That's why I was asking, like, about dad. Like, were they there because they were still in town from completing... They just completed their mission. So they're still in town loitering around and didn't have enough time to get back to Paris. I don't think they were supposed to get back to Paris. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just... I don't know. I mean, I think... We're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We'll get to that in a second. So, oh, no, I guess we're not ahead of ourselves. I was going to say, it seems like it's 1800. It seems like it's 1800. Like it's six o'clock. Oh, for them in the book? Yeah, because in the last chapter. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. A couple chapters ago, Thaumaturge Jael said that they were going to attack later that day at 1800. And here's these people that seem to act like Wolf and Ran, and they're attacking everyone around them. I'm guessing it's six o'clock at night. Oh, definitely. It must be. So this is the time for the attack. But at the same time, like, if they're there and they know who Cinder is, like, they're not going to let the cops take her. Nope. So... We're only in the bar, so we don't know what's going on outside. I want to know how they know 
it's her because they clearly know it's her. And I want to know why her glamour doesn't work on them because both of these men stare right at her and are basically like, yeah, we know who you are. Your glamour doesn't fool us. We haven't been given any indication whatsoever that these people are immune to glamours. Well, it might be that she's too weak. I mean, she's just learning her powers. We don't know. Maybe the, the person has to be a thaumaturge like for them. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe it's something direct. Like it must have to be because she's capable of doing it on the entire tavern. Yeah, but not Which has these to guys. Be at least ten people. So, but not one guy at the shop when it was yeah. just him. I mean, yeah. anyways, the officers round on him, and he shows no concern whatsoever. He's pleased at all the horrified cries that surround him. He kills mm-hmm. the closest officer to him. Panic completely ensues, and probably the most terrifying moment of the entire chapter, if you ask me. Is when he says, my queen is looking for you. Yes. Hello, little girl. I believe my queen has been looking for you. Eek. That is so terrifying. I wish I had a scary voice. Um, oh, I wonder if I could get my husband to do it in a scary voice because he has a really good scary voice. Should we try? I mean, might as well. Just the whole sentence. Or... How about you say hello, little girl? I'll say that sentence, and then you keep talking and say his part. Like you'll do the dialogue, I'll do okay. the narration. Hello, little girl. He said, his voice too human, like too restrained. I believe my queen has been looking for you. <laughs> you are a perfect human. I love you. Thank you. Love you. Oh my god! Oh my god! That, that was, was special guest actor Quentin Finger. Uh, with some amazing vocal performances for us. I'm really excited that just happened. <laughs> oh my god, that that was too perfect. I'm right? like, <laughs> yes. I'm so excited for all the listeners who are about to hear that because that I'm glad I thought of that and I'm glad he's in such a good mood that he was like he literally you guys, I'm pretty sure he just paused a game to come and do that for me. So that's true love right there. Um That really is. <laughs> so uh, so creepy. So crazy. But this moment really terrified me because it kind of reminded me of when Wolf and Scarlet got to Paris and they could see little like um, lookouts everywhere they went. And it yeah. kind of gave this impression of the gang was everywhere. They had eyes everywhere. They could see everything. They knew what everyone was doing. And now that we know that that quote gang is, you know, the militia of Lavana, it kind of feels like this is Lavana. She's got eyes everywhere. She's got hands everywhere. You will not be able to hide from her. It gives this impression that Lavana is like this, this puppet master almost. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, and we had, um, Wolf, he was given all of those chips so they could bring more of their brothers, Mm -hmm. um, into the fold. So it's like, Oh God, how many more, like how many more do they have with them right now? Well, if we are to assume, let's go off the knowledge that we already have. We find out that he's not a part of a gang, right? Yeah. We find out that he's actually part of Lavana's army. Right, the secret army. And they had numbers. Yes. So what was his number and what was Rand's number? Rand's number. Rand seemed to get in after him. So we need to know what Rand's number is. LSOP1126. Okay, 
So let's pretend that there's at least 1,126 of them, plus whoever just showed up last night to help out. Yeah. That's a lot. That is. Yeah. Ugh. Scary. Like, okay, in the grand scheme of things, how many people are in the United States military? Like, a lot more than that. But Luna is supposed to be, like, a moon colony country. How many people are there on the moon? We talked about maybe 100,000. Yeah, like, even if it's a thousand, it's a thousand, like, mutants, essentially, that have been let loose onto the unsuspecting populace and are, like, hiding in. So that's even, that's even worse. Like, so, like, when Ran was put in, so maybe there's probably double the amount now because of when Ran got his number. Yeah, we don't uh, really know when Rand got his line number. Yeah. Or how long they've been in. Or how many people showed up last night. We just know that there were new recruits. We know that there were new recruits and that there were quite a few chips in the bag. Yes. Because it said, like, a bunch of them. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to know how many of them there are. But it does feel like she's got eyes everywhere. Oh, the yeah. female officer jumps between Cinder and the man. And he kills her by sinking his fangs into her throat. We need to talk about her jumping in between them. Yes. So that scene, like, hold on, you're going to have to cut this. I need to find that part. Page 357. Top. Oh, top. Okay. Her lifeless eyes peered down at Cinder, even as the man howled with rage and grabbed her from behind. He wrapped one arm around her head, yanking her back and sinking his fangs into her throat. She didn't scream, didn't fight. A bloody gurgle erupted from her mouth. So she did not resist him. She just flung herself out there. Um, and at first, I feel like Cinder is confused as to why the officer would do that. And obviously the officer seems confused as to why she would do that. But then uh, later in the chapter, Cinder reveals that she did it. Yeah. She didn't even, she didn't do it consciously. But she did it. Her, mm-hmm. that's how easy, like she said, that's how easy it is to use this glamour. Yeah. So a gun fires, he throws the female officer. First of all, he killed her by biting her in the neck and ripping her neck to shreds and then throws her like a dog in a toy. Starting, this is why I like Thorne so much, because he's so chill and funny, and right now we're a little terrified. He gets shot in the shoulder, which doesn't seem to bother him at all. He snatches the gun. He claws the officer's face with his fingernails. Ugh. We remember Rand's fingernails, so just imagine. I'm assuming that they're sharpened to a point. I don't think it actually says that, but I, I make my own assumptions. Yeah. Cinder is staring at the dying woman. She's finding it hard to breathe, and Thorne cuts in. Cinder! Come on, the cops. Yeah, this is this is not the time to be losing it. Like, No, you got to pull is, yourself together. Yeah. I will say I have a moment here where I connect with Cinder a lot when she starts to hyperventilate. Oh, have, yeah. have you ever hyperventilated before? Oh, yeah, I have. I have diagnosed anxiety. Like, I have mm-hmm. panic attacks quite often. So on more than one occasion... But not on every occasion. I We talked before about how I have a seizure disorder. Sometimes they come out of nowhere, but sometimes I get little warnings. And one of them is that I will hyperventilate. And my nose 
when if for anyone who hasn't hyperventilated, it's a very uncomfortable situation because you feel like you can't breathe. So you try harder to breathe, which makes it worse. And your nose will start to go to sleep. Your tongue will start to go to sleep. Your lips will start to go to sleep, which makes you even more anxious. And so all of this going on and her starting to hyperventilate and come to the realization of like, I think I did that. I think it was me and my glamour. I think I killed her. Mm-hmm. If this is like what we talked about before, like if Thorne hadn't been there, this would be a very different situation. Yeah. Because Thorne pulls her back. This is not the time to go crazy. Cinder. Thorne threw himself at her, his forehead hitting her so hard she yelped and fell back onto the bench. Yes. He just like, headbutted her. Yes. I mean, and that ca- that could definitely have been counterproductive. But um, it, it's it like worked the, for... It's the, it's the snap out of it moment. Yeah. So, yeah. And he doesn't have hands at the moment, so what's he... What, what you gonna do? <laughs> so he can't like grab her by the shoulders and just shake her or toss a margarita in her face. No, exactly. So he's got. <laughs> he could have kicked her, but no, he went for the head. But see, again, I love this. He's not even remotely like, let's keep a cool head. He's like obviously terrified, but he is a criminal mastermind, so he does have to focus on. All right, well, we're in a bit of a jam. How do we get out of here? Yeah, he has. He has the ability to. Um focus on the important like he's still freaked out and but he has the ability to okay we're scared but we gotta go like we we gotta do this he has that thing I'm always saying Cinder and Scarlet need of which is called self-preservation Thorne has so much self-preservation Thorne is like uh I didn't sign up to be the hero I'm the criminal mastermind like let's leave I'm not doing this with being a criminal mastermind he has to have that split second response of yeah hey they they've caught me in this con or they're catching on I gotta backpedal and get myself out of this quick so he's he knows how to go on the fly he knows how to run the situation mm-hmm. so he uh what is it stays cool under fire like yeah that's who he is so yeah he can this hold is, up under interrogation yes yeah well, well unless they, <laughs> unless unless they kept the soap um, yeah, or tried to mess with his hair. You don't mess with a guy's hair. Yeah, don't don't touch his hair. <laughs> okay, side side note, y'all. Okay, so I told you that I cut my hair tonight. Well, I have, um, and Bethany and I have talked about this um, before that Bethany and I both have curly hair. Mm-hmm. My husband also has very curly hair. Okay. He also, uh, two years ago, decided he was going to grow it out. We about had matching hair in our wedding photo. Our hair, our hair is the same length, almost the same amount of curl. And so now that I've cut my hair, now I'm trying to convince him to let me cut his hair. <laughs> and exactly like you were saying, he is not letting me come anywhere near him with those scissors. <laughs> so Quentin um, keeps his hair quite short because the military has pretty strict regulations, but he has, I think I've talked before about how he's a natural redhead, and I miss the long hair because... That's where the when, red comes out. Well, not just the red, but, like, he would go out in the sun a lot. Mm-hmm. And so you would get all these different colors in his hair. It would be red and yellow and different, like, versions of orange and red and yellow. And it was just so pretty. And I used to... This is so weird. But I used to like to, like, stroke the hair and watch the light hit it because then it was, like, twinkling. 
<laughs> I can't do that anymore. There's no hair there. Uh, yeah. So it, it's not a bad thing that he's growing it out. I'm I'm fairly certain one of the first things Quentin is going to try to do, and I highly encourage it um, when he gets out of the military, is grow a beard. Yes. So because he he hasn't been able to do that before, so I think we're both looking forward to that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. At, um, at the beginning, it's a little scratchy. Just oh, just believe so you're me, aware. he gets a mustache sometimes, and I'm aware it'll scratch my face up. <laughs> um. But I, I do want to talk about the cuffs. It kind of seems like the cuffs are magnetic or maybe they also have the same like scanner system because it doesn't say anything about a key. Yeah. And that's what I was, that's what I was thinking when I was reading that too, um, that she had to go and grab the officer's wrist yes, and like lift the officer's arm and then that deactivated the cuff. So that's what it says. It says, crouching beside the first fallen officer, she grabbed his arm and held up his wrist. Thorne twisted his hands toward her, and the cuffs blinked and fell open. So it has to be. Yeah, it I has mean, we to know be. he doesn't have an ID chip, but it has to be something similar. Yeah. So then they try to run away, and he, the big bad man, yanks her back by her hair. Yes. Ow. Yeah. Uh, no, that that had to hurt. She starts to look at him, and he's covered in blood from the bullet holes and his mouth, but he doesn't even notice. And this yeah. is where he starts to taunt her. Oh, maybe I should have kept Quentin in here. <laughs> so sad for you that we found the old lady first, and now my back has you both. I wonder what my reward will be when I bring your leftover pieces to my queen in a plastic box. So once again, that was a special guest appearance by... Quentin Finger, there were a lot of moments there. So those of you on Patreon, that is going to get added to the bloopers. Don't you worry. And those of you not on Patreon, join Patreon so you can listen. But it was really crucial that we have that because my scary bad guy voice uh, does not sound that good. It sounds like a girl trying to do a scary bad guy voice. And it's not at all scary. Back on track, everybody. Where were we? Thorn breaks the chair over his back. See, this is scra- this is Thorn. He's so scrabby. He's trying to get out of yeah. there. Thorn yeah. roared and heaved a chair upward, breaking it over the man's back. And then the guy turns around and he bites Thorn on the arm. Oh no, his jacket! Right, <laughs> that is leather, bro. Yeah, it's his favorite <laughs> jacket. Um, and then he says, "Your turn." Yeah. No, thank you. She's standing. She raised her hand, fired the tranquilizer dart into his chest. Uh, finally. <laughs> Your finger's been open this whole this time. Is, this is what Marissa and Katie and I talked about on the episode they were on because Scarlett had a gun in her back pocket. And yeah. the entire time they're at the opera house, she's just like, oh, my God, what's happening? And then she finally goes to grab the gun after they already have her. And it's yeah. like, why didn't you walk in there? You have a gun and you know you're going into enemy territory. You should have the gun in your hands and like by, you know, like what cops do in videos where they have it like by the face yeah. and then like put it out around the corner before well, they walk in like Charlie's Angel style. She she already knew that they knew that she was on her way. She already knew like, that they knew that she knew that she knew that they knew. Exactly. Oh, you don't watch Friends. so You don't get that. They don't know that we know that they know that we know. And only friends lovers will understand why that's hilarious. But anyways, <laughs> so she falls on top of the officer as she's walking backward. And the man, at first it looks like the tranquilizer doesn't bother him. And then he kind of, 
he loses a little and then he passes out. Cinder yeah. grabs the gun and shoves it in Thorne's hand. She decides this is your, this is, I'm not dealing with the gun, but you are. This is your thing now. Which yeah. I guess Thorne was in the military, so he knows how to use a gun. Yeah. Uh, they run out. Thankfully, they grab the power cell. Yes, she had, she had the sense to uh, grab that. So, but the street, when they get out there, the street is in chaos. People screaming and barreling out of buildings and crying hysterically. So, obviously, there was more than the one in the bar. And because then there's, yes. A catch. Yes. It's the creepy man from the shop. Yes. He is also one of the wolf soldiers. So he like bust through a window, right? Yeah. A window shattered as a man threw himself through the glass. The creepy man from the parts store and tackled one of the police in the same movement. His jaws latched onto the officer's neck. So these guys are all about ripping people at the neck. I wonder if that really is like a wolf thing because my dogs wrestle each other all the time. And, you know, one of the things they love to do is to go for. But also we've talked about Scamp being bossy before, right? Yeah. Scamp is also bossy with Beowulf. And Beowulf once picked up a tortoise in our yard. He picked up a turtle and threw it in the air because it's a turtle. He thought he's a dog. He thought it was something you play with. So he started tossing it in the air. And luckily the turtle didn't get hurt. I checked. But Scamp, in reaction to seeing Beowulf play with the turtle, grabbed him by the neck and pulled him down onto the ground. Now, to give you some context, Beowulf is like 15 to 20 pounds bigger than Scamp. And Beowulf is all muscle, and Scamp is like gangly and lean. So that's a lot for Scamp to be able to do. But when Scamp needed a moment to assert his dominance and take control of the situation, he grabbed him by the neck. Now, he didn't hurt Beowulf. Beowulf didn't even yelp. He was just... He was letting Beowulf know the situation. Like, oh, we don't hurt those things. So what I was going to say is, like, um, have you seen, like, documentaries and stuff on Wolf when they talk about, like, the the male and the female alphas of the pack? That, like, with the wolves, um, the alpha female will put herself right under the male, like, right under his neck in a fight to protect his jugular to protect his neck. So if there was like a fight with another wolf pack, like they would be protecting that area. So I would think then that that's a normal thing to go for. Okay. You got me. Yeah. Because if you think about it, that is a vulnerable spot. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, with, with an animal, the animal is going to do what takes them, that gets the job done the quickest. And what's so, the most vulnerable spot they can get to is the neck. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Because if you think about it, even when we try to defend ourselves with clothing, we wear helmets or, you know, chain mail or bulletproof vests. There's nothing on our our neck. Our neck is almost always exposed. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, I agree that that would be, like, a really vulnerable spot to get somebody. Yeah. So, and, I, yeah, they're, with them with them being soldiers, like, they're trained that they, like, they need to get this done quick. So and go whatever, for the weak spot. Yeah, go for the weak spot, get it done, and then you can move on. Like, you're not taking time, like, to punch the guy or whatever. No, you're going to, you're going to end it quick. Mm-hmm. And move on to the next and take down the next. 
Because also when animals hunt, that is how they hunt. They go after the weakest, easiest prey. They don't overexert themselves for like a challenge or something. Oh, no. So he kills the officer mm-hmm. and then he howls a long, proud, ominous howl. And Cinder darts him in the neck. And luckily he passes out pretty quickly. So again, yeah. neck must be more vulnerable. Yeah. But it didn't seem to matter. As Cinder and Thorn ran for their abandoned pod ship, the man's howl was picked up by another and another. Half a dozen unearthly calls being sent up in every direction to greet the rising moon. Yeah, so I almost Ugh. picked that as my quote. <laughs> was that last part? Part of me wants to change my quote to that, but I actually really like the quote I picked, especially yeah. now, uh, yeah. because my quote was something, one of the lines read for us by our special voice actor. Um so even more so now, but we'll, oh, let's yeah. talk about our um, let's talk about song choices first, because I feel still pretty intense from all the what we just went through. Yes, definitely. So um, my song choice for 36 is You're Gonna Go Far Kid by um, Offspring. And it starts out, show me how to lie. You're getting better all the time and turning one against the, all against the one. It's an art that's hard to teach. Another clever word sets off an unsuspecting herd. As you get back into line, the mob jumps to their feet. So it's um, like the lies and a good disguise and uh, hit them right between the eyes. Like it just does so much for like what's going on in this chapter and her getting more and more used to the lying and all of that like uh got you um so i picked zombie which is originally by the cranberries but i um honestly prefer the bad wolves version and while reading this chapter i just i felt it i felt like that's what was happening in this chapter it's in her head she's trying so hard to do everything she can she's talking mm-hmm. about her family with peony being there and she's fighting really hard to survive. And I felt like that song, like, if we were watching it in a movie, then as soon as they, like, get, you know, open the door to the tavern and they just see chaos everywhere, that song would be great in the background. Yeah. You know, especially, and then later with the wolves howling at the moon and stuff. Do you like all uh, my, do you like all my movements yeah. on the camera? This is yeah. what people are really yeah. missing out on is I'm a very, like, moving person when I talk on camera. <laughs> um, but I just, yeah, when I was reading this, I was like, God, that would be a great song for the movie if it were a movie. Yeah. So I picked Zombie by Bad Wolf. What was your quote? We got a little bit of your quote because you really loved that first paragraph. But do you want to talk about your the quote yeah. that you chose? Yeah. So the quote that I chose for this one was that first opening paragraph to this chapter where she's talking um like just peony's name has thrown her for a loop so um the specific part of it that i picked was peony's name was like a stone in her chest pressing the air out of her lungs as memories fell across her vision so like she's seeing peony scared and alone in the quarantine quarantine peony dying with the antidote like Cinder has the antidote and she's right there and she can't save her. Like there's so many things running through her mind in that instant and so much 
hurt and emotions going through her just from hearing her sister's name. Yeah, and I think that us as the reader getting to just that little reminder of how heartbreaking Peony's situation was in the middle of all this chaos. Oh, yeah. And and we have reader privilege, so we already know that Audrey went to Kai and revealed the information that Cinder had Peony's ID chip. So I guess part of us could, like, sort of see this coming. But mm-hmm. I think for Cinder, that was a big shock. I don't think for one second she thought that her dead sister's name was going to come out of that officer's mouth. Oh no, definitely not. And like, cause even like the guy, when he had said Lynn, yeah, that's her last name. Like she's expecting, she's expecting her name and nope. It's Lynn Peony. Lynn Peony. Mm. So my quote was much better in my husband's bad boy, scary voice, but it was, hello, little girl, I believe my queen has been looking for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just terrifying. That's definitely, like I said, if this were a movie, that's definitely something they would put in the preview is that moment, because it's so scary. Um, oh, yeah. Getting done with this chapter, I remember thinking, like, him saying that right before the panic and the attacking and all of that, it, it's almost the most terrifying part of the chapter is just that ominous introduction to him um yeah and even more so now that i hear it in such a and my husband has a great scary voice uh, i call yeah. it his batman voice but i just really thought that that moment in the chapter was it's already a really scary chapter there's already a lot mm-hmm. going on and you know i think up to that point in the chapter what we're worried about is the police we're worried about her getting arrested we're worried about the fact that we just saw a military pod ship it didn't even occur to us to worry about something else. And here's Marissa Meyer with like, oh, no, I'm not just going to have a couple of obstacles. There's going to be lots of obstacles. And just when you mm-hmm. think the scariest thing you have to deal with is the military, how about a wolf that literally kills people by ripping out their throats with his bare teeth that are sharpened to a point? Yeah. Well, and then as us as the audience, we realize, holy crap that's where Scarlet is. And these are the people that her grandmother have been with for all this time. Like for three weeks. Yeah. For three weeks. So like now that gets me anxious for, Oh my God. Oh my God. Scarlet. Okay. It started. And he's told her what he told her. Don't go out. The city's not safe tonight. Yeah. I liked what he said though. I want to say exactly what he said because I liked what he said. Yeah. He says, wait until morning. The world won't be safe tonight. So maybe not just Paris. Then. The world, not just Paris, not just Ryu. This is the, the world I will not be safe. Man. And what did Master Jael say when he was giving Alpha his Alpha Kesley his orders? He wanted him to run the Paris operation to lead the attacks, right? Yes. So, I received a call from Her Majesty this morning. She asked that all packs, so there's more than one pack, not just his, stationed on Earth, be prepared to attack tomorrow. So, there's more than one pack. And that's on page 308. I'm sorry, I should have told you that. So, there's more than one pack, and they're stationed on Earth, and they need to be prepared to attack tomorrow at 1800. So it's tomorrow, it's 1800, and they're attacking. And he wants them positioned, he wants uh, Zaev positioned at the heart of the Paris attack. Yes. 
To lead. So, yes. He's, he's meant to lead. Yeah. That was this week's chapter. How are you feeling? I'm I'm reeling. That was really scary and intense. I loved our guest voice actor. Um, yes, that was. That I'm was really so glad perfect. that he was willing to do that because that voice was phenomenal. I could never make myself sound that scary. There were two Easter eggs in this chapter. We actually had two gloves. And surprisingly, no captains, considering our wonderful Captain Thorne did pilot a pod ship for a little while. Was that two gloves in in both chapters? It was one in each. Okay. Next week, I'll do chapters 37 and 38, of course, with a guest. Um, and I completely forgot, I was a guest on Fictional Hangover Podcast. Oh. I got to be on their Would You Rather segment for the book Cinder. So go check that out, Fictional Hangover Podcast. You can find it anywhere. And they're on Instagram at Fictional Hangover Podcast. And there's a link in their bio where you can find it, too. Oh, cool. Great review and subscribe. Please join Patreon. Yes. Don't forget, everybody who is a member during May will get a free sticker. And their first fiscal month is free, so you don't even have to pay until after the first fiscal month is over. And keep an eye out on the Instagram and in future episodes because I'm going to be talking about merch soon. Yeah. Which is super exciting. Oh, yes. That'll be that'll be super cool. Yes. Okay. So until next time, don't get glamored. Don't get glamored. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Scarlet by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Morgan Clark with a special voice actor appearance from Quentin Finger. The logo art was created by Angela Wong on Instagram. Thank you for listening.